And what it's doing is emasculating men and building masculine women. So now yeah. we have overly feminine type of men, mm-hmm. you know, saying, oh, equal rights. That's my excuse of why I'm not going to pay on a date. Hey, Trigger Tribe. Welcome to Millennial Triggered, where we shed light on taboo topics and dive deep into the uncomfortable. We've chosen to expose the shit out of our personal lives in the attempt to demonstrate the power that comes from leaning into your vulnerability. So come get Millennial Triggered. Okay, so before you go running for the hills with that first clip that I put in to hook ya, it's not, that's not the uh, overarching theme and energy of this episode, but it is something that we touch on. This episode is, I'm, I'm just so excited for it. Um, Steph Rodden is an elite dating coach and she's, she's here to help you get in touch with your own value and to call you in to acknowledge your worth as a woman and to help you understand that you don't have to live in the masculine and you might not even know you're living in the masculine. I didn't know I was living that way for years and years and years. Like I've been on like, I don't know, month six of realizing that um, there is another way to live (laughs) Um, and that I can honor my feminine powers and my cycle and everything and I don't have to play it like a man. We've been in competition with men because we've been trying to, you know, equalize ourselves in the world. And the only way we could think to do that was to, you know, mirror the men. And what's happened is a lot of us are burnt out. A lot of us have have overextended in our lives, in our relationships, and um, shit is going down. Um, And so this episode is meant to challenge your belief systems and it's meant to um, pull you out of a very specific way of thinking and just give the opportunity to think in a different way. Look at someone else's viewpoint, right? We don't do that enough. And if you're uncomfortable with that, you're going to well settle in because this year is going to be full of that. I'm going to be Ooh, I'm going to be having people on that I agree with and I'm going to be having people on that I don't agree with and that I you know I'm challenged and so that's why I've called it millennial triggered because we're we need to be triggered here I'm really tired of this whatever generation coming in here and being like I'm hurt oh I've worked too hard oh, someone was mean fuck off okay life's hard it's a bitch we're meant to do hard shit in the world and um, if you are, if, if you're, what, unsettled, hurt, someone hurt you, you've, you're just uncomfortable by someone's opinion, it's literally an entire 8 billion people here who have different opinions. So, okay, I'm going to do a different episode um, that goes fuller, like more fuller, deeper into um, more of this and in, in my opinions, Steph and I agreed probably 90% with, with this topic, um, which I really love. And, um, I just want to make it very clear that whether you are going for a man of high financial status, or that's not in your realm, but you're looking for a man who's financially stable, those, those are one in the same, right? 
You can just take the like a extra extravagance that Steph is talking about with designer handbags and trips around the world, and you can apply that to your own life in terms of ensuring that like going out for dinner is paid for. Um, you know, having nice gifts that you know, receiving gifts, making sure that your man is thoughtful, making sure that he's checking in, all that kind of stuff. Um, I will say I have had an opportunity to date a few millionaires in my time and they're not all that's cracked out to be. So, which explains why Steph has had to take a very, um, you know, cutthroat approach when she's, uh, before she met her husband, um, in terms of dating. Um, so I want you to be very, I want to be very clear that although it sounds in our mind like, you know, being with a very affluent man is going to be amazing and he's done all his, you know, work, a lot of the times those kinds of guys haven't done a lot of their emotional work because they're just focused on building a, you know, a high figure company. Um, so, I just wanted to make that clear. Steph and I uh, come from a very similar background, but obviously some differences. Um, And we've taken a bit of a different approach, which is what I really love because we're both pursuing a certain type of man, but in a different type of um, wheelhouse. I think that's the saying. So I just wanted to make that very clear because a lot of you are not going to be in Steph's um, category in terms of, you know, looking for a man of that certain status. But you are looking for a man who has done his work, who is going to be there to help support you, be a good father, be a good partner, um, and remove you from the over-masculinized energy that we are forced into as women um, and to get connected more with your gorgeous feminine qualities that have been hiding. Um, So yeah, okay, so I'm going to stop talking. Without further ado, here is such an amazing podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm so excited to have Steph, Steph, the elite dating coach on today. Steph, how are you doing? So good. I am feeling so ready for this. I can't wait to be hit with all of your orgasmic questions. Oh, I'm so excited. I found, I found, well, you found me actually. And then we ended up doing an Instagram live and now I just can't get enough of you and all of your content is coming through and you're just killing it. Before we get into the questions, I don't think many people are going to know what an elite dating coach is. I think they have an idea, but what does that entail for you? Yeah, so I basically have women come to me or consume my content who are looking to upgrade the type of men they're currently dating. Maybe they've been stuck dating a particular type of man. Maybe they've been in an abusive relationship. Maybe they've been paying for their own bills and they are now wanting to step into more of a femininity type of role instead of playing in the masculine type of role and be provided for. So kind of stepping into more of that lean back approach in the whole femininity, masculinity type roles and generational standards. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. I already feel like some people are going to be triggered by this. So that's helpful mm-hmm. since it's called millennial triggered Steph, How did you get <laughs> into this career path? 
So I've always dated affluent men. When I, met, when I say affluent men, I've always dated men who are well and truly beyond me, earning financial capacity. So, you know, for me, being flown first class was the norm. For me, being bought designer handbags was the norm. I didn't know no other. That was my normality. So whenever I had girlfriends be like, oh, how's De hey, Steph, how did you just get that new handbag? How did you just get flown to Thailand first class and stay in this extravagant villa? And I'm like, well, easy. It just comes naturally to me. How I show up, my demeanor, my stance, my presence, everything about me, I feel and I believe calls respect and calls in a particular type of man. Mm. So it was just a natural progression to start um, speaking about it and then begin creating a community of women who too desire this type of lifestyle and want to also become that type of woman who attracts that. Right. So I can understand um, about wanting to attract an affluent man, but other than the wealth, what is there anything else that that type of caliber of man brings? Is there something that br he brings to the table that other men don't or other men who are more working class? And obviously we, I, we're going to be stereotyping today, but totally fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Um, yeah. what is there, what is that je ne sais quoi other than the wealth that, that attracts you to these men? So I feel that I'm a very distinguished woman. I don't align with mediocrity. I don't align with the normality of life. I expect extravagance and extraordinary. So I too see myself in the category and the caliber of only dating someone who has their shit together, who is established within themselves, emotional intelligence, knowledgeable, educated, and is ambitious and driven to pursue their purposeful led line of work, whatever that is for them, entrepreneurship, corporate, you name it. I too am that. So I'm established, I'm whole, I am um, put together in myself where I would only accept that type of man why? Because we are imprinting on our children. I'm not going to date someone who I feel, I wouldn't call it below me, but not as stable or wholesome within self, because mm -hmm. we're going to have two opposing energies on our future children. And I also want to rise. I know my work's not done within self. So why wouldn't I be calling on in or dating a man who is further ahead than me, whether that be financially, emotionally, spiritually, anything? So if I'm to elevate, we must either elevate together or he must be above me in order for us to be on equal paths. Mm. You know, right. we're a union to rise. So it's not just dating for me. I'm thinking of my future children mm -hmm. and what qualities, characteristics are going to be imprinted upon them. Right. So was there ever a point in your life where you weren't doing this? Was there ever a point where you kind of ventured off and dated men who were not in this status? No, I love it. I wish people could see that. No, absolutely not. Uh, I, I just, honestly just had to think. I'm like, okay, that partner, that partner, that. Partner. Yeah. No. Yeah. Every single knew. person I've ever spent time with, you intuitively know who someone is. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there are narcissists. Yes, there are people who you know who have a facade up. But the more you get to know you, the more you intuitively pick up and self trust yourself. Right. That right. for whatever yeah. reason. 
is either walking away or for whatever reason, this doesn't feel right for me. You just don't know why you lean into it and you trust it. I like that. So it, I mean, it really stems from knowing who you are as an individual, as a woman, the strength that you're holding really, it stems from there is what I'm getting. Everything stems from within who you attract, how you think, who you become, what type of man is willing to take you out on a date. I mean, I personally scare off a lot of men. Like I truly do. On my dating profiles when I used to in the past, I honestly was ruthless dating, swiping, absolutely ruthless. I mean, I would spread myself out. I play with statistics, right? Yeah. If I can spread myself over multiple channels, if I can spread myself over multiple sites and have multiple men going on at once, the statistics of me finding that unicorn will be higher. Right. Right. So it's like playing a numbers game. Dating is a game. That's why they call it the dating game. Mm-hmm. It's a numbers game. I mean, I'm not telling everyone to sleep with everyone. I'm telling to yeah, of course. No. entertain yeah. what feels right, whether it's talking to this guy, talking to that guy, going for a coffee date with him, going for a nice dinner, five hour dinner with another. You got to get to know you because you need to be satisfied. So are you finding that people are getting a bit triggered over all of this? Because when I go through your account, I'm either, I'm seeing two ends of the spectrum. I'm seeing people who are praising your, your words. And then I'm seeing people who are so angry. And I thought it was interesting yesterday. Somehow I came across a video that, um, popped up from another sex educator who I follow. And she was talking about how detrimental talking about the divine masculine and the divine feminine is, and that it's really just under, like it's rooted in misogyny. And I thought that was really interesting because I've started to share a few things on my account about divine feminine, divine masculine, because I've moved from being a very like raw, raw, we are absolutely equal. We must do the same thing. Super feminist. I am independent now moving through and understanding the power of my femininity of the softness and that it is not about being an eye for an eye in terms of equality. We are equal in partnership, but there are different things that um, each person brings. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about this, how you handle it, what your thoughts are. Why do you think people are so intimidated by this idea that now it's being you know, pushed off as toxic masculinity and misogyny. Yeah. I think if you think back to the old, the old ways, like 1950s, the female stays home. She looks after the kids. She makes the house pretty. The husband comes home, gives her a nice kiss on the lips. And the the wife goes off and puts the kids to bed and happy ever after. Right. That was how it was. And then we came into this new generation of like equality Equal pay, everything must be the same because we're all equal. And we are, we are all equal. And all we are all looking for is love. Like that's it. If you strip it back, everyone's just looking to be loved, to be heard, to be seen. That's it. That's that's the fundamentals of all of this. So it gets a bit mm, funky now because we had such extreme, to such extreme, and now it's like almost the lines are blurred. So yes, it's like right? the pendulum. It's like this pendulum where we went all the way to one side 
And now women are feeling rightfully so to an extent of like, we need to go all the way to the other side, but really we're looking to hold space for the both. And it's where can we hold each other and understand each other in, in those strengths in the middle? Yeah, totally. And through that, the Western culture is a big push for women in this hierarchical workplace to really bring out that masculinity, to work ourselves up the ranks. And as females, we don't operate on a 24-hour clock like men. We operate on a cycle. We have hormones that are constantly fluctuating. We go through phases within our hormonal system. So biologically and how we're wired, we don't actually run like a man. So everyone's putting us in this category to be a man and do how he does and go, 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 go. But we're not wired like that. We are soft creatures at heart. We have natural instincts to mother, to nurture, to love. We generally lead with our heart first. We generally wear our heart on our sleeve. And that's how feminine femininity should be, to lead with love. Masculinity is like lead with muscles, strength, ego. It's just so, there's like polarized opposite energies. And what it's doing is emasculating men and building masculine women. So now yeah. we have overly feminine type of men, mm-hmm. you know, saying, oh, equal rights. That's my excuse of why I'm not going to pay on a date. You know, yeah. call, call yeah. it what you may, but yeah. ultimately yeah. it's yeah. a man shying away from leadership and responsibility. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, a lot of people have a hard time because, um, have a hard time hearing about these topics because I mean, the thing is people are so terrified of stereotypes, but stereotypes are there for a reason because most of the time stereotypes do some enough to describe a situation. And this idea where, you know, people are saying that, um, you know, it's such a stereotype to be a masculine man to fill, you know, fit into a role. But I find time and time again, that I have coaching clients come in with like couples and I speak with the men alone and they are feeling like there's no role for them. There's no providing role. And the thing is, it's not that men don't understand that women can provide for themselves. It's that men have a natural desire to provide and women right now. And I understand we've had to really fight for our rights. And therefore it's kind of like tug of rope where we're pulling. We kind of just pulled so freaking hard because we needed to, but now we've fallen into the mud and now we are in this space. Exactly what you said, Steph, women have had to fight to, to be taken seriously and work alongside men. But now we are doing everything in the ways men do, because we have to be taken seriously. Um, yes. and you know, I've spoken for everyone listening. Um, I've done a, I did a, an episode on the infradian rhythm, which is what you're talking about in terms of women's cycles change and reset every, uh, every 28 days where men's resets every 24 hours. And so it's like, it's, there's nothing wrong. If a woman wants to be perceived a certain way or more masculine, that's her prerogative. But it's that I don't think many women realize they don't have to, and perhaps they were not set up to, and I'll go ahead as far and say, I don't believe that they were set up to. And I say that 
going from a very, you know, independent, I have to be doing all of this by myself and taking on more of a masculine role. And now coming home and saying, I'm ready to be taken care of. I'm ready to be in the receiving mode and I'm ready to shine my feminine powers. And then that goes well with his masculine powers. So how are you dealing with this feet, like this, this pushback, are you, are you seeing it a lot more or are you seeing the opposite where, where women are identifying like, this is what I want. This is how I, I want to feel. Yeah. So it's quite interesting because a lot of the women um, have come from like survival mode, mm. right. And that automatically ingrains this masculine type of energy of total feminism, like really extreme feminism like I can provide for myself I don't need a man I'm whole I'm established like holler at my ladies type attitude and I I think that's amazing but at the same time too why can't you be a CEO career-driven woman but also receive Mm -hmm. like why does it have to be so one-sided yeah why can't it be both like our anatomy alone we are the natural receivers. We have a hole. <laughs> like truth, we have a hole. Yeah. Men are natural givers. Yeah. So like just going back to like our anatomy, like it speaks for itself. A man feels want to protect it and love when he can care for a female in that way. That's his ability to serve, to provide, to care. We have our own way of doing that. You know, we look after the kids. You know, we generally, not all of us, are more inclined to do the dishes, do the cleaning, household chores. I mean, maybe that is learnt through generations and time and so forth, but there just comes a time where it's like, okay, well, how many hats are we willing to wear? Mm-hmm. What are we going to be, a chef, a cleaner, a worker bee, a mother? Like... How many hats are we willing to wear before we say it's too much, before we drain ourselves too much, before we get too tired, before our nervous system is shot? Like how much are we really willing to take on board before it's just too much and we crumble? Like we as women paint a pretty picture. Oh, I'm fine. Let's put some makeup on over my tired eyes. (laughs) I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. For people listening who are feeling intrigued, but not quite understanding, can you give us a bit of um, an overview of how this role, how, how um, leaning into your femininity, leaning into your natural strengths as a woman and how, how that pairs with a man leaning into his natural strengths as like, as the masculine, how does that dance look? Because I feel like um, where that's not, that's, that's nowhere to be found, at least from, from the, you know, accounts that I've been following this divine, whatever you want to call it, this is really new to a lot of people, or I should say more of the mainstream. And so what does that look like for someone like a woman who's coming in and feeling like she has to pay everything equal has to put, put in the exact same kind of work that her partner, her male partner is putting in and is feeling just run down and is not showing up in a relationship the way she wants. 
what does the kind of relationship that you're talking about look like, feel like, how does a, does a woman bloom in that environment? Can you paint us a picture? Yeah. So there's a few ways it can happen, or there's a few ways it can look functional, we'll call it. And if you're a career driven woman, like I am, I'm feminine to the bones. Absolutely. I caress my partner. I am nurturing. I'm a fantastic mother. I am all of it, but I accept help. For an example, I'm very driven in my work. Like we are today, you know, talking as each other from business to business. I'm driven. And I also surrender responsibilities. So for an example, I've got two kids at home. They're looked after by my nanny. So I surrendered that responsibility in order for me to pursue my passion, business, work, because it's powerful and it's meaning for me. That serves me. In my relationship, in my dynamic with my partner, he has his work, his passion-led business, where he's thriving. Now, when I'm off work mode, I'm back into femininity mode. So what that looks like for me is, I distract my partner's thoughts and I make him present in his body. So present in his body can be either me being seen by him and him admiring me in my beauty, me giving love and nurture to the kids and him seeing that I'm a fantastic mother. It's not putting on a show. It's just doing what we're naturally inclined to do. Right. It's about being him being the support for you, but you're also support for him. Mm-hmm. It's about giving him that love, whether it be a kiss on the cheek or a kiss on his lips and just being like, darling, did you have a beautiful day? So it's like it's I mean, additional care is what I'm getting from, because I think a lot of men are not feeling that care. Um, and I hear that in coaching quite a bit. It's there is a really strong role reversal here where women feel like they're the ones who need to be doted on 24 seven, but they're lacking the understanding of how men need to be cared for. It's not in the exact same way. So by you showing up in your essence as the feminine being embodying all of the things that come naturally to you, that's a woman who is not in, um, who that, I should say that's a woman who is in flow. You are not going up against the, the water and, and that force, um, which therefore makes it a little bit harder to be in a relationship as I, as I know. Um, so that's what I'm understanding. It's that no, if, you know, and I want to make sure people listening when this, like, this is new to a lot of people. So what I'm understanding is that you're saying stuff is that you're not putting on a show. This is who you are as an embodied woman. You have understood that you don't need to act or think like a man in order to be taken seriously and in order for your pa- your partner to see your power and to honor what you bring to the relationship. And so you're going against, well, ironically, by going with the flow, you're going against the grain of society right now, which makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah, it's only uncomfortable for a lot of people is because everyone's saying everyone is even. But we are even. We are equal. It's just that we have two different energies. Right. And we can either and we can either choose to be masculine all the time. And if that serves you, 
fantastic. I just yeah. think at the end of the day, it comes down to who do you want to be in a relationship? Mm. Do you want to be the controlling energy or do you want to receive? Because both are fine. Both are okay. And both work in different dynamics. Like there's no one right or wrong. It's just that generally a lot of the women that I work with are tired. They're drained. Yeah. And they wouldn't yeah. mind taking a back seat. And I'm just here to say, that's okay. And this is why. It's pretty revolutionary to, to take a back seat for women because this idea is that men have what men, men are the, the head of the house and they're the ones to lead. And a lot of people have troubles with that. And I can say, looking at past relationships of mine, I can see that I would not respect my partner in that way because I actually didn't do the due diligence to ensure that he would be a good leader. Whereas with a past partner um, that I've been with and been been working on on stuff with, I I trust him. And I mean, we still talk now, but I, I say what I say in present, but I trust him. He's a, he's a leader. And it was, it's the first time I've ever realized, oh, I trust you as a man to make a decision for us, for everyone involved. Obviously I get 100% of a say in this as he does too. It's not him making a choice, but it's more like a rudder, right? Everyone's yes. in the boat. We talk about both of you are in the boat. Hey, I want to go there. You have that conversation, but he makes that happen. And along yes. the journey, you are ensuring that everyone is cared for in the boat. You are ensuring that he's healthy. Like, His he, mind he, is taken care of. That's that he's not holding on all that, all that weight. Whoa, I just got, I got shivers and he's the one navigating and you are carrying in that container. And I, I, I I saw something the other day. I heard something. Women are, um, women are usually described as the container, but I, I heard the other day that someone described men, the masculine as the container that the, the feminine is the pearl inside of the oyster. And when she is, when she doesn't have that container to protect her, she has no choice, but to become hardened and tough and fend for herself. Women can do that. We've seen that happen and we've probably both experienced that as well. Um, and what I'm hearing is a lot of the women coming to see you have been in that survival state, but no one is telling women they can be in a thriving state, that a thriving state is not the same thriving state as a man. And that is revolutionary. Yes, spot on. Uh, a woman can fully surrender her heart. A woman can fully surrender in the relationship with her love, with everything that is ignited within her if she has a man that is leading her and, and she's willing to like give her heart, her essence, her beauty to someone. It's almost as like if you trust your man going into sexual pleasure, mm. you are willing and open to have the most explosive orgasm. Amen. Without that trust, without that surrender, how are you supposed to let go and release? Yeah. Oh, that is so good. Absolutely. That's such a so, great analogy. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, one woman can be pushed up against the wall and find the most erotic thing ever, where someone who doesn't necessarily trust the man that she's with could find it very, you know, hurtful. Right. Scary. So warranted. Steph, how then how what would you recommend to a woman like that in terms of 
what does she need from her man to trust him? And what does he need to provide to her to gain that trust? And I know it's, it's different for every woman. A lot of it is um, emotional in-depth type of conversations. Mm. So getting an idea what, what each party wants to play. What, what role? What's our dynamic? Is it okay to be the masculine sometimes and me make decisions? Of course. I'm not saying you can't make decisions. I'm not saying you have to be abiding by your man's rules. Right. Of course, we always have a say and everything we say is valid. It's almost as though you just need to have an understanding for what you want to do, who you want to be, what's going to serve you, what's going to serve him. And I think it just comes down to communication right? and knowing what each other person, what each person needs from each other. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to fill the gaps and then you're able to surrender. Then you're able to lead with vulnerability and your heart to expand and have that full self-trust and that full like, yes, take me now. Wow. But that only comes when you fully release and let go. And knowing that you're taken care of, you're wanted, you're needed, and you're surrendered in the moment. I love that. I love that. So when you have new clients come into your programs and membership, what are the first few steps that they need to take in order to shift that survival mindset and move into that, that state? What, what, what can they do? And is, has it proven to be challenging for them? Or is there a moment that comes when they realize, oh yeah, okay, I understand. This is for me. Yeah. So it's interesting. I get a lot of clients who are quite close-minded. They've been living a particular way for so long. They only know what they know and fantastic. So (laughs) I suppose it's about just expansion of their mind and realizing there is a potential different path if they want to live that. Mm. And knowing is that going to feel good for them or is that too much too soon and we need to take baby steps to get there but it ultimately comes back to someone's mindset someone's ingrained habitual habits someone's um, own rewriting of their past to know that something can happen different in the future but in my like my membership for example that's purely self-development based I'm building the woman. That's why a lot of women in my world will go into my membership first to build her, to expand her mindset, to know everything she wants is a possibility, to have an understanding why she's really feeling a particular way. And then they generally just move further into my world. Mm. Well, I can understand. (laughs) I can understand why, yeah. Yeah, and... But that takes a specific type of woman knowing that it's okay if I just want to lie in bed today and surrender to this period I'm experiencing right now Mm -hmm. in my life where I may be struggling, where I may be going through hardship, where things just seem like a disaster. And, you know, even surrendering to your emotions and not pretending you're okay and just having this ability to release and know that things will pass through you and just sometimes crying out in a pillow Mm -hmm. is, is the most beautiful thing you can do. So whether it's like an orgasm, whether it's like crying, both, 
is energy flowing through you. Both have such an effect on the body of the female, the awakening, the expansion. Yes. Like, oh, I just yes. love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and this kind of thing is so pushed down for whatever reason, it is so pushed down. Um, and it, the fact that this is such a natural experience for us, yet it feels so foreign to, to allow ourselves to release, to allow ourselves to connect it, 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 it disconnects probably the most important source, um, on this earth, which I believe is, is woman. Um, it, it disconnects us. We can't create, we can't, we can't grow. We can't, we can't shift when we don't allow ourselves to release, to, to fall apart, to be soft, to be, to be vulnerable. I say to my clients all the time, I need you to be vulnerable because it is the most powerful thing you will do for yourself. And when you are vulnerable and someone denies you, someone pushes you away, though it hurts, you know, that that person is not aligned with you. Vulnerability is where everything takes place. Um, I'm so happy that you're doing this work. You're so unapologetic. You're so grounded. The confidence that you exude the all knowing you have in who you are. It, it, it's a no brainer why women are flocking to you. I am curious though, because obviously when people give you time to have conversations, obviously everything comes out. But when coming to your Instagram, I can assume that some people make a rash judgment that this is about gold, you know, being a gold digger and some kind of stereotype like that. And I'm wondering what is a a misconception around women who are looking for affluent men? It doesn't even seem, I mean, I think it's not even really about affluence, though that is a huge part. What I'm seeing is. is that the type of man who reaches that level has gone through quite a bit in his life, has had to process quite a bit and therefore has, has created or or molded him into a type of man. Uh, Whereas, yeah, so it seems like it's kind of birthed by fire. I don't know if maybe that resonates with you, but obviously the affluent lifestyle is very important for many women, but what it seems is so that it's, it's, what that pulls out in a man and makes him stand yeah. out. Yeah, I'm just going to riff on that. So yeah. I think just having safety and security within a female is extremely important. Right. Right. You need to know, one, that the future is going to be bright, and two, that you'll always be okay. So just having that as the fundamentals, as a female, you feel protected. So whether you go on to have a child knowing that that child and you are going to be looked after. Right. That your future is okay and it's safe for me to birth this child into this world because I'm going to be looked after and I can take that backseat role and do what I naturally is instinctual for a female is to look after their newborn, look after their baby. You You think of animals in the wild. Where does the little baby always hang off? The mother. A joey in a pouch, the mother. 
it's it's natural it's instinctual it's habitual our motherly instincts so this whole gold dinging this whole a woman only wants me because of my money is it enticing sure is it an elevation of having nicer things sure does it mean everything no does it mean you're going to have a happy marriage because you have money no it comes back down to value so how i perceive myself how you perceive you we are both um outgoing energetic established women why would we devalue ourselves and everything that we worked on to be this woman and date someone who's broke how is that going to help us for further expansion mm -hmm. so it's not about dating a rich man per se it's about dating someone who's either on your level or is going somewhere yeah because you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't right why right. would i want to undo everything that i've built within myself it's a great question because that's what you're doing if you date someone who's broke who's always in between jobs who drinks themselves to sleep like if you're if you're not that why would you want to entertain that right well you're requiring women to have standards you're requiring women to know their worth you're requiring women to access parts of themselves that they've never had to think about and instead you know and that's a scary thing for many women because this idea of well we're gonna we're gonna make it together we're gonna build it together oh i'm gonna help him yeah as much as i love that trope as much as i love that idea of oh, I was with him when he was at the bottom and now he's at the top. Sure, there are moments where that works, but really what I see more so is that it's that I, this idea that women feel like they have to earn the good mm -hmm. stuff. They feel that they have to essentially rake themselves over a coal, over coals to, yes. to feel like they deserve it. And I think women really just have a hard time understanding that they do receive. And the thing about, you know, I see these stupid shows uh, or these um, videos on YouTube where a guy will, you know, show interest in a woman, she's not interested, and then he rocks up with a Ferrari and she changes her tune. And oh, it yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it paints women in a very specific light, which I hate. Um, and of course they don't show the one, the many who, you know, turn them down. But the thing is women are intrinsically wired to make sure that they are bringing up their offspring in a secure environment. The only way a woman is going to be able to thrive, not only with her children, but thrive in her creativity, in her nurturing, in the way she shows up in the world as that pearl is to ensure that those that hard shell, that hard oyster shell is there to ensure that she's okay. It's not meant to say that women cannot be that shell. And some women are really good at it. There's no, when, when, when push comes to shove, women are that women are those warriors, but is it healthy for them to be in that state constantly? And that's, that's the question. You know, yeah, I think you just brought up something really good here and juicy. If a hot female walks by, how many men are going to turn their head? 
<laughs> right. All of them. Every single band there. <laughs> if a man pulls out in a Ferrari, how many females <laughs> is going to look? Every yeah. single female there. So yeah. it's just so, oh, you have to be one way, you have to be another. It's so stereotypical that, oh, it's only the women who want the money. Well, mm-hmm. is it only the man who wants a good-looking female? Right. It's right. exactly right. the same. They're both more appealing and appetizing. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're, we're each fighting up against each other, saying one way, the other way. You can't have one. You can't have the other. Right. Where, and I, I mean. Right. Sorry, go ahead. No, go, go. Well, and I think it's interesting because I think that the people who are really angry about it probably don't have that thing yet. Right. So I, you know, we don't hear reading, reading all the comments on my page, all the negative DMS that I get are generally angry, broke men. Right. First of all, if you're established within yourself, you're not lingering on a female's (laughs) comments. Right. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Number two, if, if you're a healed woman, you're not throwing hatred on another female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're an empowered woman, you've got your life, you've got things going on, you're not devaluing or disempowering another female, full stop. Like I even noticed recently, I had someone um, repost some of my content on, a, on their large uh, following on social media. And I was just like, hold on a second. I really respect you as a person. And yeah. I understand you're doing this to throw hate and negativity at me. But in the long run, all you're doing is showcasing who you are as a woman, which is actually disempowering yourself and devaluing you. Like that's all it does. Honestly. I mean, that's why yeah. half the comments yeah. in my post, I understand if someone has something, you know, they want to invite to dig deeper into the subject, fantastic. Like, right. let's let's work right. through that. But there's a different whole kettle of fish. If someone's just throwing hate, like, I, first of all, I'm going to be like, okay, well, let's just showcase things, something about yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're obviously triggered by my work because either you don't have that or you want that. Right. No, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. It's, um, you know, when you are triggered, when you, when you're feeling that, that flooding, um, it's like, well, how do let's look at within yourself first. It is something that you are missing something that you're, you're feeling attacked, you know, yeah. deeply. Um, I mean, it's just like my small example is that I I posted a seven second reel the other day about how I had changed the filters on a dating app to be 40 and up. And I made the comment, I said, if you do that, they still all play video games. And I didn't say that video games were bad. I didn't even, I didn't say anything. I just said, I just simply stated the truth with a little bit of zest. And it was really amazing to see how triggered everyone was that I, that somehow I was saying that you know, playing video games was bad or that it's a hobby. And I made a joke. I said, right, like go chop some wood, make a bench or something, right? That's a masculine trait that I admire. But um, it's mostly because I can respect a man for doing something with his hands, going out and doing something that creates something, not a video game. You know, I want my man to be productive. I want my man to 
honor his time and put it towards something that inevitably grows him. Even if it's relaxing, you know, on the the couch, that's rest. But so many people got angry about the fact that I didn't want my future partner to play video games. (laughs) You know, it's, it's this. And, and neither would any other high value woman. (laughs) Oh, I I would find that such a turn off. I'm constantly growing myself. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly entertaining things that are for the, for me to expand as a woman. Right. I mean, why would you, I mean, unless it was for just to decompress and to, you know, anchor back in, in the present time and just to be distracted by work, but you right. can do other things. There are other like, things. Yeah. Which is I exactly agree. what you're I- saying. Yeah. And I understand. I completely understand. We all need to be able to decompress and anchor back into things. Um, and, but it's just one of those things where it's a slippery slope and I just, you know, having past partners who did do that, it was hard to take them seriously. It was hard to, it was hard to trust them and not and trust, respect. Uh, respect. Yeah. Respect. Um, what about a woman quickly? What about a woman who plays video games? What are, what would your, what would your response be to that then? I'd be the same. Yeah. I'd be the same. Right. hundred percent. Right. I'm, you know, someone came into my DMs the other day and was like, if a woman sexually assaulted uh, a kid, would you have the same, would you think the same ramifications for a female? And I was like, of course. It's a quality. <laughs> what? How did that but even not, start? Why would they? I don't know. They wanted to do some poll, some interview of me, and they just said a whole array of um, things where if would the sentence be the same if it was a female or a masculine role and I said of course I have clients in both men and women I don't just teach women or educate women it's both both should have the same ramifications my view is on both as a female you you go up as a male you go up you'd be always on the pursuit of being the better version of you right exercise health mindset learning expansion, career, nurturing kids, everything. It's all in the same category, all in the same wings. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. Yes. Yeah. See, uh, this is where it gets a bit confusing because everyone thinks that, oh, just because she's a stay-at-home woman means that she's lazy. Oh, I know. I hate that. I hate. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm technically a stay-at-home wife. I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. I'm provided for, but I choose to work. Yeah. I choose yeah. to expand to up level. I choose to hang around charitable organizations. Mm-hmm. I, I choose it for myself. So, you know, people put me, oh, you're just a stay-at-home mom. Well, no, not really. Right. You can put me in that category if you please, but I'm purposely led. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's the problem because the, you know, they, people are fighting so hard for women's equality you know, and they're fighting for women to be in, in, um, competition with men, the exact same way men think, and therefore causes women to completely deteriorate, have dysfunctional nervous systems, all that kind of stuff. But as soon as you're put into a role where you're honoring that people completely, they just shred you to bits because that's not honorable. So this idea of leaning into your feminine, and playing on your own feminine strengths goes against what society wants you to do. But ironically, I mean, it's just such a big ironic fest in general. Um, 
Steph, as we come to the end, I'm wondering what you would like women to take away from this who are feeling pulled and and aligned to this lifestyle and to your type of coaching. Don't dismiss it. Just don't dismiss it. Listen to what feels good for you. What feels at home? Do I want to wear all these hats? Do I not? Great. You know, and at the end of the day, you need to be satisfied with the life that you choose. And you get to have this choice. Mm -hmm. That's the takeaway. I think that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I know, I know a lot of people, a lot of women resonate with it. Um, What's on the docket for you? If, if um, listeners want to get in touch with you, they're interested in your coaching, your programs, your membership, what do you have to offer? Yeah. So right now I have a membership and I'm running a mastermind, which is elite group of women who are all powerhouse. I have CEOs, I have corporate executives, I have coaches, I have this kick-ass community of women who just want it all. You know, you can be the alpha woman at work, but you can lean back and receive those product handbags if you choose. Even Mm. though you can afford it yourself, you still desire someone to buy something for you. Right. So I have this mastermind and I have my membership, which is all about personal development. And obviously I work with people one-on-one to just really ignite this true femininity, this true calling, this true sexual essence and seduction, which is just so natural for us women. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, pleasure gang. I'm going to include everything about Steph below and you can find her on Instagram. What is your handle? It's at XO Steph Rodden. Amazing. All right. Pleasure gang. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye.